Hello, Beeran family, and welcome to the Love PASJ podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Mays, and I'm so grateful that you're joining me today because we have another great story about how one of our churches is loving its neighbors and spreading the hashtag love across Pennsylvania and South Jersey. But before we dive into this new wonderful story, I do have a few housekeeping items to share with you just to make sure your listening experience is the best that it can be. So number one, if you are new to this podcast and the Love PSJ initiative, I highly encourage you to go check out our trailer episode. Hint, it is the very first episode we did and it's also the shortest. It's like that perfect episode for when you're jumping in the car, going to the store and then driving back. It's only 15 minutes long and it will give you a full rundown as to what the Love PASJ initiative is all about. And why is this important? Well, the stories that we're sharing are a part of that initiative. So to understand and fully enjoy them, we just want you to have a great understanding as to what the Love PSJ initiative is. So again, quick podcast, quick trailer episode, go check it out when you have a moment. Number two, today's interview is being conducted by our very talented and hardworking communications director, Shannon Baker. In today's episode, Shannon is chatting with Pastor Derek Van Roller from Sunbury City Church in Sunbury, Pennsylvania, and he is sharing with us about how his church and him are loving their neighbors and advancing discipleship in the Sunbury area. So lots of good stuff in this episode. And one more thing before we dive into that great story, and that, of course, is our fantastic sponsor, the Baptist Resource Network. So the BRN is a resource hub for Baptist churches across Pennsylvania and South Jersey. It currently resources more than 300 churches and aims to cultivate healthy churches in Christ-centered communities. These stories are truly not possible without our network of committed churches, the BRN staff, and most importantly, God moving his kingdom forward here in Pennsylvania, South Jersey. So we just wanna say a big thank you to all of our sponsors and of course, a huge thank you to you, our listeners, because we can't have a podcast without you. So thank you so much for tuning in today. And now without further ado, here is Shannon Baker's conversation with Pastor Derek Van Roller. Well, today I'm so happy to say that we have Derek Van Ruler here with us, and he is going to share about how he and his church loves their neighbors. His church is Sunbury City Church. Am I saying that right, Derek? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and so he's going to give us a little bit idea of what his context is like today, and we're going to learn um, just some of the ideas that's really working for them. But beyond that, we're going to learn some really great ideas about how churches can um, advanced disciples, um, special discipleship pathways, um, just really some great, great content. So welcome so much today, Derek. So first, Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So go ahead and introduce yourself for me. Tell me about your church. Tell me about your context. Yeah. So like Shannon said, I'm Derek Van Ruler, uh, lead pastor of Sunbury City Church, uh, actually a transplant uh, from California by way of multiple other states mm-hmm. and ministries, but have been in Central PA for about seven years. Love it. Uh, about 10 years ago, a church 15 minutes up the road called Winfield Baptist, yes. a pretty big partner in the BRN, yes. they uh, captured the vision of planting churches. Mm-hmm. And they really had a desire, instead of having people drive in from the school districts that they were coming from, to actually send people to those districts and start churches. And so uh, nine years ago, the church started. Seven years ago, they brought my wife and I in 
And it's really just that heart of how do we reach people who might not leave their community to go to church or maybe not rub up against people at Winfield Baptist, but if they're in the community there, we can rub up against uh, people just as neighbors, as friends, just as we are about in the community. So that's kind of the, the journey to get where we're at. And Sunbury is kind of a unique city because yeah. uh, we are in a massively rural context. And yet we are kind of like a major city, if you will, for the surrounding region. And so uh, probably 60, 70 years ago, we were the hub of central PA and in, in our area for probably about 30 to 45 minute radius. And uh, about 40, 50 years ago, they built them all on the other side of the river. And that kind of caused our city, the population to dwindle a little bit, but more so uh, uh, businesses started to move over there and jobs started move on, moving over there. And so that just kind of created a new dilemma for our city. So we're kind of rural, we're mm -hmm. kind of uh, city, uh, we've got a mixture of people who've been here for generations, and we've got a mixture of people who are new to the city. Some have come from Philadelphia, Reading, from New York City, yes. uh, coming here just looking for a new start. And so it's really kind of a, uh, an interesting mixture, if you will. That sounds like it. Now, did I hear you say you came from California? Yes, I did. Yeah. So how different is this context from where you came from? Yeah. So I'd say maybe uh, some of the differences. Uh, I came from what I thought was a small rural part of California. Uh, the city I was living in when I graduated high school had 75,000 people. Oh, my and gosh. I, yeah, my mentality was always that's small, that's rural. I want to go to the big city. And uh, I think God has a sense of humor because our city has about 9,500 people <laughs> and that's the big city of the area. So he's really put us in, in a drastically rural area. Uh, I think some of the other similarities and even differences, I grew up in, uh, in a state that is pretty secular, Yes, but mm -hmm. in an area that there are large pockets of, if you will, Bible Belt-ish on the yeah. West Coast. Mm -hmm. But yet there's still, it's not necessarily cool to be Christian. Uh, now coming to Sunbury, it's cool with the older generations to go to church. Sure. But if you're 55 and under, it's just not cool to be at church. And so uh, it, it really depends on who you're relating to, that it reminds me of home or it's vastly different than home. And so mm -hmm. uh, there's just more tradition out here than where I grew up. That, that's probably the main difference I see is uh, the, the traditional, even uh, the traditional church setting, but also family setting that, mm -hmm. that just plays a huge dynamic and uh, causes us to have to rethink church ministry. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Pennsylvania is like that no matter where you are. Uh, it's just a different dynamic for sure. I remember we had a conversation. I was talking about my husband and I reaching our, or attempting to reach our own neighborhood. And I said, we had a thousand neighbors. <laughs> and you were like, Whoa, wait, wait, wait. We only have about 9,000 for the whole town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I appreciate the work that you do because those 9,000 people really count. Yeah. And so I'd love to kind of drill down a little bit and find out more about how is it that you're attempting to reach these people and and what is your, your method for, I, I, let me just put it this way, how are you loving your neighbors? Yeah, 
So uh, came out of a church uh, actually in Texas. That was uh, our last stop before Pennsylvania and came out of a church that was really big into church planting mm -hmm. uh, and kind of uh, knew some of the big players, if you will, in church planting. So I tried to grab as many books as I could. Mm -hmm. Let's learn, like, how do we start churches? And coming to Sunbury, I realized a couple of things. One is immediately most people, their first question was, who are you? And their second question is, why are you here? Because right. most people had kind of come in looking for something from people and ready to move on. Right, right. And uh, it was more of that take mentality than the, than the stay and care mentality. Yeah. And so I loved what I read, but the hard part was it tended to be bigger projects. It tended to be uh, draw large crowds. And that's just not our community. And so I had to learn early on, one of the questions that kept coming up in, in the books and any papers I was reading about church planning, what is the number one thing that people need? Mm -hmm. And uh, I kept brainstorming and I kept landing on the same thing and, and wondered, am I right? Well, after being here six or seven years, I would say I, I am. And I think the number one thing that people need is actually relationship. Yes, yeah, uh, in our area, I mean, there's programs for everything. If you want a free meal, I can point you so you have a meal every single day. If you want clothes, I can point you there. It, whatever it is, I can point you to where you can get it for free. Mm -hmm. But the thing that those places aren't giving are the authentic relationship, yeah. being in someone's life through the ups and downs. That's and right. that's been kind of our bread and butter. Yeah. So tell me, uh, how, how would you describe that? How do you build these relationships and how do you initiate them? Yeah. Yeah. So we've kind of zeroed in, if you will, really on two directions. Mm -hmm. One is through networks. Like, are there places that I can go that I can frequent that I can just get to know people? And so uh, as a pastor, I had a, a lot of time where uh, I can just pick up and go to a restaurant. And so I spend very little time in the office and I had different restaurants I would go to. Tuesday was one, Wednesday. And, and over time, the people that work there knew, okay, he's coming in. Mm -hmm. And uh, they knew who I was, what I was about. And that just began to form relationships. Yes. The funny part about that is uh, one of the places I would go on Wednesdays shut down two years ago. And just last week, I was at a new place and I walked in and, you know, I was just sitting there and I hadn't been there probably in six months. And all of a sudden I heard one of the gals in the back, Pastor Derek, oh. who's this? And, and here comes this lady who I used to minister to at the old place. And she had just started working there. And, and she said, I'm so glad you came in oh, and awesome. we were able to talk a little bit about life. And so it's just the regularity that I was using in restaurants it's yep. also the networks of being involved in what people care about. Right. So in our community, the fire companies are a massive deal. Mm -hmm. So I just started volunteering in a fire company. Uh, through that, eventually became fire chaplain of our city and just have been able to counsel, disciple a few guys uh, through that, been able to do a few funerals through that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have like neighborhood organizations. Um, and so I just jumped on the board of the one that I live in and uh, slowly but surely kind of uh, helped rejuvenate the organization to the point that they said, can you lead us? And <laughs> I reluctantly agreed. And, and by that, I've just been able to use that organization and our church to partner together 
for the blessing of the city, which has been just mm -hmm. a huge benefit. So a lot of it's been networking, like just yes. get involved. Yes. And then the other has been just your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. uh, who do you know around your neighborhood? And so we, uh, the house that we live in now, we've lived for almost six years yes. and we just kind of canvassed a radius around that, around our house, a few blocks. Uh, you said you live in an area of a thousand <laughs> homes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for some reason in our city, it's like two or three blocks and that's it. If you go past that, you like, don't talk to me kind of mentality. And so we really just zeroed in on the two or three blocks around our house. And uh, to start with, I would literally go door to door mm -hmm. and invite people to a barbecue, a picnic. I love it. Uh, we handed out cookies and just whoever comes, mm -hmm. just do that. Uh, we did that primarily from like May into September, October, sure. once or twice a month. And then uh, God just started through that forming relationships. Mm -hmm. And then we'd ask people, hey, we're doing this group. Mm -hmm. Would you be interested? It's, it's about just investigating who God is. Mm -hmm. And uh, that group's been going for five years. And there's seven other adults besides my wife and I from the neighborhood who are a part of that group. Oh, so it's been kind of cool. That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I love it. Good job. You know, I want to tell you, um, I'm going to insert this in here. You talked about your regular attendance at a restaurant. Well, that's the only reason that I'm sitting here right now is because I was that waitress okay. <laughs> way back in the day. And wow. this pastor and his wife kept coming to see me. Yeah. yeah. And it just, I, I had no Christian upbringing. And so it, it was their introduction of Jesus that changed my life. And so. It's interesting. We had a, a gentleman probably five or six years ago now. Mm -hmm. uh, he was actually a manager at one of the restaurants. And uh, he, he, I, I love the guy. He's just a little bit different in his yeah. approach. And so uh, he knew that I was a pastor. And so his, uh, his whole goal was to turn me off and push me away. Oh. And he made it up in his mind that mm -hmm. if I push you away and you keep coming, mm -hmm. you're the real deal. Wow. If you leave you're not. And I'm glad I waste, I didn't waste my time. Mm -hmm. So he kept pushing me away and I just kept, mm -hmm. okay, well, I'm going to keep loving this guy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, probably about six months in, he said, I knew that you, you're the real deal. Can I sit down with you? And he started sharing his life and came to faith probably about six to nine months after that and, uh, mm -hmm. started growing. He has since moved, uh, down to North Carolina, but, uh, he was actually in town last night and just was re remembering, we were remembering, the the way he went about it and so it's just kind of cool to see even if people push you away right sometimes that's a a mechanism of i'm hurting or or i'm testing i'm testing yeah, yeah. and so it was just through a relationship like that kind of what you had well i'm going to tell you we well, said something earlier about stay in care yeah. and i think that that's something very important as we talk about this love psj initiative you know, we're talking about loving our neighbors, but it's not a like one-time effort, right? You know, this is, you get into your neighborhood, you plant yourself there and you really repeatedly um, get to know people um, over and over. And you said that, you said the stay and care. And then you're talking about this gentleman who was pushing back, yeah. but because you were faithful, he was able to come to know the Lord. Yeah, I had another neighbor uh, a few years back uh, we had a gentleman running for city council and I knew the guy seemed like a 
pretty solid guy. And my neighbor said, I can't vote for him. I said, well, why is that? He seems pretty solid. He's not been here long enough. I looked at my neighbor and said, he's been here seven years. And my neighbor said, yeah, that's not long enough. Wow. At the time I'd been here four years wow. and it just told me staying matters yeah. that if you, especially in a rural context, if you come in mm. and you think the first or second year, you're going to see massive things happen. Mm. That's really the testing period. A lot of people are giving you to see, are you actually going to stay? Good word. That's a really good word. So maybe that we could all press on and, and yeah. be faithful. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. If you don't mind, I want to change lanes just a yeah. little bit because I'm really interested in finding out about this, this greater work that you're doing. I know that you're having a great time with your church, but you are um, working on this ministry called Fourth Level, and I'm going to let you do the explanation, but um, just give us a snapshot first. Yeah, yeah. the quick snapshot, uh, really the genesis behind this was uh, coming out of a uh, college ministry that was big on discipleship, big on raising up leaders. I moved into church ministry and just thought, hey, if I just use the right language, people will get it and they'll start doing it. Right. Uh, and pretty early on realized, why are my leaders not doing what I'm doing? Just, just follow me. Right. And realized because the language I was using didn't necessarily make sense to them. And so I had to begin to clarify what that looked like. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I had to bring resources to that, that vision and that clarity, mm -hmm. and then just had to do a lot of coaching and training. And so really it's been a project that I've been working on for probably about four, maybe even five years mm -hmm. that have just kind of been in stages. And when COVID shut down everything, it, it allowed me to, to pull back and say, how do I bring this to fruition and actually utilize it for our church and if anyone else wants to as well and so it's called fourth level and the reason for that is because of second timothy 2 2 mm -hmm. that has been such a monumental verse for my ministry yes. that paul says to timothy what you've heard from me entrust the faithful men who can teach others also and so it goes from paul the first level to timothy to the faithful men to others and, and as I've done a lot of leadership research and just observation, most organizations, businesses, churches, mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to sound too generic, but tend to the first person starts it, the second person grows it, mm -hmm. and the third person just either maybe coasts or typically it kind of goes down mm -hmm. and they either sell, get out, they have to close it. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to jump from that second to a vibrant third level and then to a fourth level. Yeah. And so I really started to think like, what is the reason for that? And I think some of it is because the language and the heart that was started at the first level mm -hmm. uh, just gets lost in the fourth level. It's kind of like the game of telephone. You yeah. start on one end yes. and by the end of the line, the message is different. And so how do we ensure that the heart and the message from the first level into the last level just mm -hmm. continues. And so it's just been a lot of, how do I create resources and training and coaching to help churches in that direction? So just to kind of peel back the, the layers a little bit, tell me what would that training include? Not that you have to tell me everything, but yeah. give me an example. Yeah, so maybe the, uh, the better way is to kind of zo uh, zoom out, if you will. Sure. It kind of was centered around what does maturity look like? Yes. And what does it look like for 
the kind of Christian leader that we're wanting. You know, I, I love First Timothy three. The elder qualifications would love that for all the men in the church and, okay. and even for women to, to have qualities like that. Yes. Uh, but really, like, how do I spell that out? And so really just kind of spelled out in four pillars, mm-hmm. uh, gospel love, gospel uh, living, gospel embracing, gospel planting, and mm-hmm. really spelled out under those pillars uh, kind of nine sub markers, if you will. So a total of 36 marks. This is what we would want everybody to mature and grow in. Mm-hmm. And then started to realize that growth happens differently for everybody. Mm-hmm. So it can't go from one to 36. It's, it's very organic, but you need some sort of structure for that vine to grow. Right. And with that, you need, uh, you need to be able to kind of have stages. It's mm-hmm. kind of like riding a bicycle sure. uh, or riding a bike. You know, you teach your kids Mm -hmm. Uh, the generalities of how to ride a bike, uh, you put them on there. They think they know it, they try (laughs) it, they get hurt. That's right. And then they come back and then you comfort them and you train them. Eventually they grew up and trained their own kids. So really started to kind of weave those together. What is our end goal and what are the steps or stages that we have to help people walk through to get to that end goal? I love it. And then that's where the training and coaching comes in. Mm-hmm. So I've done some training for small group leaders mm-hmm. uh, at other churches, as well as our church. How do you create environments for people to grow into maturity? Mm-hmm. And then uh, coaching for, for leadership of a church or pastors of a church. How do you as a pastor begin to small steps, begin to slowly move a church uh, away from programmatic to more intentional discipleship, commissional engagement. So mm-hmm. it's been kind of a, a journey of all of that. So I've, I've done one hour coachings uh, on Zoom. I've done four hour strategy sessions. Let's just get in a room and yeah. strategize next steps to do. And then I've done uh, two day trainings for this. That is phenomenal. And it sounds like um, with maturity, yeah. you know, that you're painting vision. Yeah. You know, you're describing what a, a mature person looks like. And that's why there's all of these different components. And, yeah. and really, that's what it's about. People can't see it unless you give them the vision. And so yeah. I'm so thankful you're doing this. Um, in a typical setting that you're training, say it's a church in your, um, a, a small group in your church, yeah. you uh, have like a, you know, a whole format that you follow or, or yeah. is it more... Um, I can't think of what the word I wanted to use. Organic. Yeah. So I think it, I think it kind of comes twofold. Uh, When I'm working with a new church, I want to ask a lot of questions. So some of the churches I've been working with, I want to get to know their ethos and get to know what their culture is like, where have they been, where do they want to go? And uh, a lot of times when I'm working with a new church, I just want to start with strategizing with the leaders. Like, tell me more about the church and where you want to go. And then I can start to to uh, strategize and whiteboard yeah. how we move in that way yes. uh, and really in small incremental steps because a lot of us pastor uh, churches that have been around for a while and so it it's the small steps that begin to uh, kind of add up it's the dominoes getting them in order and pushing one over that eventually the whole the whole That's thing true. goes so I would say it's the flywheel 
you know, you yes. can get the high wheel going. <laughs> yeah. So Jim Collins in uh, his book, Built to Last, uh, talks or Good to Great, one of the two, talks about getting that flywheel going, that momentum. Exactly. Uh, so it, it's a lot of doing that. Uh, but then in the training, there are certain things that are that are just true no matter what. Yes. Um, we've all been a part of Bible studies, you know, pick any passage, you know, John three, right. and you've walked away from a Bible study and thought, oh, I'm never going back there. <laughs> or you've gone to another one and they're teaching through the same thing and you walk away thinking, I've got to go back. Yeah, I can't wait. And so the truth, the truth is the same. Mm-hmm. sometimes it's the way in which we are creating a culture mm-hmm. for that truth to land. Nice. Uh, we've got to, we, we've got to do that in conjunction of the Holy spirit and, yes. and, and God working, but mm-hmm. uh, to put it crassly, we as pastors and leaders just need to make sure we're not being dumb to get in God's <laughs> way. And so how do we help leaders to set a culture yes. uh, so that uh so that people feel warm, welcomed, and can begin to grow. I mean, just a just one example. It, it's even as basic as knowing, oh, we have some guests here. I'm counting the room as we're having dinner, and I'm setting up the room so that when we transition from dinner to Bible study, mm-hmm. there are enough seats. Yes. Because if I have to scramble right. for a seat, yes. that new person thinks you I'm don't not want welcome. To. Right. Mm-hmm. It, and it seems like, oh man, that's so easy. Right. It is, but often it's the easy things that we make mistakes on that uh, create the wrong culture. And if we can kind of uh, fix those things, mm-hmm. uh, it just sets up um, growth in the Lord uh, a lot better. I believe it. That's really good. Really good work. Yeah. And so if someone wanted to actually reach out to you and learn more about this, what would be a good way for them to contact you? And, and are you even willing for people to yeah. contact you? Yeah. So there's a couple of things that they can do. One is they can just check out the website to learn more information. There's also small group lessons that I kind of call them skeleton lessons that go through the marks of maturity. You can look at those. Those are really meant for you or a leader in your church to kind of take as a conversation partner to kind of start you uh, to craft your own lesson, Mm -hmm. but it it gives you questions and some high points of the passage to kind of get you going. So take a look at the lessons, take a look at the material on our website. It's 4thlevel.org fourthlevel.org. So take a look there. You can contact us uh, on on there. There's a a spot on the contact page to to fill in something there, or you can email us at info at fourthlevel.org. And both are great ways to just get in contact with us. I think at that point, it would just kind of come to, uh, let's jump on Zoom. Let's talk, see if this is even uh, something compatible and something that we can work in the schedule. And then it would be a, a, an in-person meeting. Let's start the strategy portion so that I can get to know the church. I want to be the best use. Yes. And uh, if I'm not going to be the best use to, to you as a church, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to tell you that up front and just say, hey, I, I think what you're wanting and what we're doing might not work. Yeah. But if it does work, I want to be able to, to be all in. So that's okay. the best way to get a hold of me. All right. That's excellent. I love that. And I'm anxious to look at the website and see it for yeah. myself. It's really yeah. good. So we're talking about loving PASJ. And what I see you doing, Pastor Derek, is that you are walking the neighborhoods <laughs> 
yeah, you're yeah. reaching, even if it is just that small group right yeah. there in that rural setting, but you have it, you have a vision in mind. Yeah. When you're walking in and reaching out to these neighbors, it's not just to convert them to Jesus, it's to make them the fourth level Christian. Yeah. So I really appreciate that whole fo focus. And I, I, it's my prayer that God will just bless you and your efforts and your church's efforts and all the churches that you work with, that their efforts would be blessed. Yeah, appreciate that. that. Yeah, we we really uh, we we've enjoyed it, and and honestly, as the as the groups have grown in number of people, we've seen people come to faith. We've had to multiply yeah. groups. Yes, and this is actually how we're trying to church plant. Yeah, starting this way, and so even if you're a church looking. Uh, we want a church plant. I, I don't think church planting should cost a lot of money. I don't think church planting should cost a lot of resources. Yeah. Uh, it takes all about discipleship. Mm -hmm. All about getting to know people. It's just your time. Start there. Ah, what a great word to end on. I think that's fabulous. Well, again, let me say that if you want to find out more, it's at fourth level and that's 4thlevel.org. Or if you want an email, info at fourthlevel.org. Well, Pastor Derek, thank you so much for your enthusiasm. Thank you for the work that you're doing. And again, I do pray God's favor all over you. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Love PSJ podcast. We have more stories coming your way. And to make sure you don't miss any of them, like or subscribe to this podcast on the platform of your choice. This podcast is available on Anchor Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. That's right. We are covering every platform so you have every opportunity to tune in. So again, we have episodes coming out every other week, so make sure you like or subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episode. You can also stay connected to all things Love PASJ through the Baptist Resource Network's website. That's www.brnunited.org. There you will find all the latest happenings within the BRN family, as well as the latest news updates and, of course, this podcast. So again, all of that is just waiting for you for free, the best price, at www.brnunited.org. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a wonderful week, and I'll catch you next time here on the Love PASJ podcast. <laughs>